Hello, Impact listeners, and welcome to another weekly edition of Octopi Hockey Town. I am your host, as always, Austin Goodman. This week, we're going to be discussing the Red Wings' future home for hockey and fan entertainment. The Illich organization has recently released several drawings and a lot of information about the franchise's plans to end the era of the Joe Louis Arena and begin the new era with a new home for hockey in Detroit. We will talk about what the Illich's plan on doing with the new arena and as well as where and when the operation will begin in Detroit. This will take us through the first 15 minutes of our show, and then I'm going to fire some information at you guys. I have been asked several times this past week alone, Austin, what do you think is going to happen with the Red Wings next year? What do you think this team without a defense is capable of accomplishing? And quite frankly, I have a lot to say on that. So I have left the last 10 minutes or so of the show to discuss next season and to answer those questions for all of Octopi's listeners this week. So guys, let's get started on the new Red Wings home and the layout of the new Tigers-Lions-Wings Centre of Detroit. Basically, the new arena and everything is supposed to be put out on the northern edge of downtown Detroit, and it will be integrated with the planned M1 rail line, Comerica Park, Ford Field, the Fox Theater, Motor City Casino and Hotel, the Detroit Opera House, and other attractions as well. Um, guys, the arena and a lot of buildings around it will be built, and what is now mostly vacant lots in the city of Detroit it will encompass dozens of different sectors of Woodward Avenue, across Woodward Avenue, along Woodward. Um, it will stretch from Grand River on the west of Ford Field and Brush Park on the east, at roughly about 10 blocks from Grand Circus Park to Charlotte on the north. And basically the investment is being done uh, with Christopher Illich, which is the president and CEO of the family's Illich, the Illich family's holdings. And basically he was quoted saying, Quote unquote, our vision is to build out a sports and entertainment dis- district that is world class and rivals anything in the country, perhaps the world. We're not just building a hockey arena, it's really about the district. And guys, that was quoted from Christopher Illich, and this is supposed to be one of the biggest and most significant developments in Detroit since the 1970s Renaissance Center operation. And guys, the Illiches already own most most of the land already in Detroit within the city and, you know, of course, places in the suburbs as well. And they've been buying up a lot of places around the Cass Corridor. Um, They envision about a $650 million investment. Um, That's basically their budget plan as of right now. Of course, things could change within the next, you know, three or four years, but, um, That's the plan as of now. It'll basically bring the city to an entire rejuvenation, basically. There's 2,000 new residential units, a lot of shops, dozens of shops. Um, They're going for a European-style street layout and perhaps what is going to be the nation's most innovative multi-purpose arena. Multi-purpose meaning there could be uh, different shows there as there already are at the Joe Louis Arena. There could be different performances. There could be different sporting events. Um, 
and, and you know, guys, the rebuilding of Detroit, basically, you know, everybody talks crap on Detroit because of how terrible the city looks. Um, you know, there, there are z zombies written on walls. There, there's dead land, you know, a bunch of stuff. Um, just basically graffitied all over Detroit. But there is a rebuilding timeline in Detroit. And, guys, I want you to take a look at this. In 1982, the Illiches, they bought the Red Wings. And in 1988, they followed that by moving the headquarters of Little Caesars downtown, moving it from Farmington Hills. And then four years later, in 92, they bought the Tigers. In 1998, they opened up Hockey Town Cafe. And then in 2000, they built and opened Comerica Park. So building and buying and creating for the Illiches is Nothing new, basically. Marion Illich bought herself the remaining shares of the Motor City Casino, and it made her the sole owner of the casino hotel. And of course, in 2000, that was in 2005, and in 2014, this year, weeks weeks ago, days ago, basically, announcement was made of the multi-purpose arena for the Red Wings, and it's expected to be completed in about. Hopefully, the first season will be in the 2017-2018 um, season, which would be the first season that the Red Wings get to play on that ice. But additionally, it it's kind of beyond the ice, as, as you heard in the Christopher Illich quote. They want to create a new part of Detroit. They want to give the city a little bit more soul, I would say. Um, there's a lot of there's actually five new neighborhoods um, that they're working on putting together. The first one would be Cass Park Village, and it'll be by Grand River Avenue, I-75, Cass Avenue, and Charlotte Street. And the area would encompass the Cass Technical High School and Masonic Temple Theater. Basically, they want to create this area for a more cutting-edge community. Uh, it would provi provide a lot more housing for 35 and under setup with you know, great urban experience. And this is where the frontier people want to go. The thing that folks love about Detroit is it's real, it's authentic, and even a little bit gritty in spots. And that's what Mike Illich said, and I agree with that 100%. Um, there are four other neighborhoods as well um, al along this one, including what is going to be called Columbia Park, Columbia Street, Wildcat Corner, as well as one more other non-named um, arena neighborhood that that this neighborhood it would excuse uh, it would execute a fully immersed hockey experience, basically with residential, office, retail spaces, a bunch of different places around there. Um, Illich is really getting excited about this project, guys, because it is going to be massive. It is going to be a staple of when you come to Michigan or when you come to Detroit, that's what you're going to see when you're traveling over the city, um, which we'll you know start talking about in a minute. But uh, some other details that aren't even involved with the arena are the sidewalks and the streetlights. The Illiches plan to work with the city and utility companies to reshape that rundown look of Detroit. They want to bridge I-75, making the below ground freeway is no longer such a barrier of separating downtown from midtown. And then they want homegrown labor. They want 8% of construction, 80, sorry, 81% of construction materials to be from Michigan suppliers. And they also want 51% of all construction workers to be Detroit residents, as well as 30% of those subcontractors involved within this entire scheme to be Detroit-based firms. They want this to be a Detroit product. Mike Illich, 
was quoted saying, you know, hold on, I'm going to hold off on the quote. Because I'm going to bring that up after we talk about the exact arena. I actually want to start talking about who this new district is going to be working with. Everybody knows the name Dan Gilbert by now. Quicken Loans, founder and chairman. They think that this will bring in $1.8 billion in total economic impact over several years. It'll create 8,300 construction slash construction related jobs and 1,100 permanent jobs, which is a massive factor for Detroiters because obviously, as most people know up to date, the city of Detroit is not doing too well. Um, like I said, it should be completed by the summer of 2017, meaning that the Red Wings will be playing there in 17-18, which sounds like a long time away. But guys, we're going into the 2014-2015 season, so it's really not that far away when you think about it. Um, I think you know a three-year span for what could be the best arena in the entire world. Uh, Christopher Illich was quoted saying that he wants to create a world-class arena, and I agree with that 100%. The Red Wings deserve something like that. As for the arena itself, guys, it sounds insane, and they want to go for trend-setting. They want it to be deconstructed, and that's going to be the deconstructed design. Most arenas nowadays, they're just built as a big box with a playing surface and seatings, you know, rows up, surrounded by concourses, concessions, you know, different shops. This new arena will be deconstructed, which means that the outer ring functions moving into the structures are going to be just set off or pulled away, quote-unquote, from the core inner playing surface and seats. They won't be a separate building, but it'll be linked by a first-ever interior streetscape. And this is supposed to be the glass-covered streetscape. Bridges and walkways will connect the outer buildings to the seating bowl through a covered interior street. And this is actually called the Covered Via. And it is supposed to be open year-round for fans and faithfuls to be able to go and relish in the Detroit Red Wings, even during the offseason. Um, and then there's something pretty interesting that Mike Illich is trying to create. He wants a roof that's modeled with programmable lighting so that different images can be produced from any type of event. And basically, Mike, Mike Illich is saying that this is classy and not gaudy. Most people would say, oh, why do you need your roof to light up? He wants it to be an emblem of Detroit. One of Mike Gillich's biggest things is the fact that he wants Detroit to coincide with sports and he wants sports to coincide with Detroit. And having, you know, one of the most, probably the craziest plan that I've seen mocked up, you know, obviously since the Renaissance Center, I wasn't even born yet when that was in construction. But this is something that is happening that nobody has seen before. Um, the playing surface is going to be set at 32 feet below ground level to lower the profile of the building. This exact same uh, formatting is done at Comerica Park. So everybody knows it already works. All right, guys, Illich, he wants, he, he doesn't want to follow the status quo. And we all know that he is that type of guy to not want to follow the status quo. We're not building, this is what he said, quote unquote, we're not building an arena the way arenas have been built in America for over the last 20 to 30 years. This is going to be a completely different project that nobody has really ever seen before. And that's what I'm so excited about. It's quite frankly, they are creating a whole new 
feeling in Detroit by creating a new Red Wings um, stadium. And I think that is going to be massive. It's going to be massive for the team. It's going to be massive for the city of Detroit. They're trying to take away the thought, the thought of Detroit, the thought of, why would I ever want to go there? It's so run down. It's so disgusting. When you have basically an entire community moving in to Detroit to make this new arena happen, it'll 110% cause an immediate chain effect. And I foresee this new arena really changing and bringing up Detroit the way that Detroit wants to be brought up with a bunch of new shops and a bunch of new neighborhoods and a bunch of new job openings and a new arena, a new feel, a new style, trying to make Detroit less run down. That's a massive deal for Detroiters or even people that live in the suburbs, like me, myself, I'm living 30 minutes outside of Detroit and coming to you from there right now in West Bloomfield, Michigan. And I go down to Detroit, but I want to go down to Detroit and feel safe. And that's another factor for the Illiches is they want to go down to Detroit and they want to feel safe when they're going to watch their teams play that they own, the Red Wings and the Tigers. Um, You know, of course, as we know, the Fords own the Lions, but, you know, Illiches obviously tried to make different moves and suggestions and contracts to be able to buy the lines as well but he was not able to but he will make this massive new setting for the Red Wings and it will be a new home but it will still have the feelings of the old Joe Lewis arena the biggest part of this entire project is that the Red Wings deserve a better place to play Let's be honest, Is if anybody has gone to Joe Louis Arena, at this point, the seats are gross, the, the stadium itself is a little bit gross, and you know the playing surface, as everybody knows, have the most active boards in all of hockey. I've actually been on the ice at the Joe Louis Arena and in the Olympia Buffet before it for a special event, and you know, it's rather shocking when you go onto the ice and you know you would you would expect a lot more from an NHL team but the Red Wings don't have those type of units um, at the Joe Louis Arena they don't have um, as much as everybody else you know probably thinks that they have which is really interesting um, really interesting to me Um, so it's a pretty big deal that you know, this new arena is going to be coming up. It's basically being called the new Olympia as of right now. Um, but it's going to have a name. It's going to have a new name. Um, I don't know if it's going to have to do with Illich or if it's going to have to do with the Red Wings or what the name is going to be. Um, but this entire plan is set up. It is going down and it is screaming and shouting timber, guys. I am excited for this all to go down in the city of Detroit. It'll be a definite change in pace for Detroiters and everybody around. Um, I'm most excited to see how this whole deconstructed design and glass-covered streetscape plan works out because I would love to go down to, you know, what is going to be New Olympia, quote-unquote, old Joe Louis Arena, whatever, and be able to see, you know, 
what's going on in the middle of the season at the Joe Lewis Arena or, you know, this new arena. Um, but that's to come in 2017-2018. So if Octopi Hockey Town is still around 2017-2018, bringing you guys all this information, then we'll make sure um, to bring you top-tier information about the grand opening of what is to be the Red Wings' new home for hockey and entertainment for all fans in Detroit. But that's that, guys. That's that first segment. Just wanted to let you know about the development going on in Detroit. Now it's that ultimate question. This segment, it's we only got two segments here today on Octopi. But this last segment is, it's just referring to questions that I've been getting. How do I, Austin Goodman, feel about the Detroit Red Wings right now going into the 2014-2015 season? Basically, guys, I have four points to make when it comes to this. The team will look a lot fuller if the team can stay healthy. Number one, that's what it is. If not, it'll look very bleak, which means it will be much more difficult for the team to make another playoff appearance. Let's keep in mind people like Nyquist, Tatar, Yurko, Shahan, Glendening, and Maratek, all of these people, these players, these good players will look much more poised on and off the ice, which is going to make this team look a lot better in 14-15, and that's a really big deal. Keep in mind that players like Gustav Nyquist and Thomas Tatar had breakout seasons last year. Breakout, new, beginning, that is just the start. Players like Nicholas Lidstrom, Steve Heiserman, and Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Dotsuk, all of these players had time in the NHL to learn from experienced players. These guys, they have the opportunity to learn from players like Daniel Alfredson and Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Dotsuk, Nicholas Cronwall, Jimmy Howard, so on and so forth, and of course, head coach Mike Babcock. The injuries were what kept the team down, but these younger players were the players that helped the Red Wings rise above it all and be able to move out from the regular season into the playoffs last year. Now, I don't want everybody to think that I am still just stuck on the playoff streak. Yes, of course, I will be upset if the playoff streak ends, but I want more. I am craving a championship. I am craving to see Pavel Datsuk hail the Stanley Cup one more time. I want Henrik Zetterberg to win the Smythe Trophy. I want Pavel and Hank to be the leaders of this team, and they need to be the leaders of this team and play at least 50 games together at the same time. Guys, we had statistics before saying that they only played in 23 games combined last year at the same time. That cannot happen this season if the Red Wings want to move on from the regular season. And my fourth point, the defense is a work in progress, but this should not, it should not be a fear for the success of the team. Keep it in your mind. Jonathan Erickson, Nicholas Cronwall, Brendan Smith, and Danny DeKaiser, who remains a restricted free agent, we'll talk about that in a second, those four players are really solid top four defensive core, and that is a massive deal when you're going into next season. You have to understand that Jonathan Erickson did not play in the playoffs, nor did he play much in the regular season. Now, there are also players like Jakob Kindle and players like Kyle Quincy that you know could fill up those five and six roles. I, I've had Friday's future wing you know, already highlighting the defense 
that is coming up from the AHL. Xavier Olette, Alexei Marchenko. This week's Friday's feature wing, Ryan Sproil. You'll be able to see him on Friday. All of these guys are going to be able to be incorporated. Adam Almquist, which is going to be a future Friday, Friday's future wing, Futures Friday, the oh, wow, that's a mix-up right there. Anyway, he's going to be there. Adam Elmquist. But guys, these are the top four core right here in Erickson, Cronwell, Smith, and DeKaiser. And all those players, they do a, a tremendous job at the point. All right? Picking up somebody else at the trade, trade deadline in the future, yes, that would be phenomenal. But who are you going to trade away? Would you trade away Thomas Yurko? And a prospect in a draft pick, would that be worth it for one more player? Or could you put all of your, all, or could you put it all in one basket, is basically what I'm saying. Put it all in one basket and say, all right, this is what we want to do with our team right here. All right, we want to flip this guy and get a right-handed defender and a prospect. Okay, cool. You already have a prospect, and that right-handed defender is probably going to be relatively mediocre if he's leaving his team in the middle of the season. Yet there were transactions like Marion Gabbert going to L.A. last year that were really influential and, of course, helped lead the Kings to a Stanley Cup championship. And that is a key pickup in the middle of the season. But I think that the Red Wings are going to be okay. I think that the team is going to look fine. I think that Obviously, Pablo and Hank need to play a lot more together. The youngsters need to just keep developing at the same rate that they're developing. The team needs to stay healthy above all. That's why Daniel Alfredson hasn't signed a contract yet, because he's not 100% healthy. He wants to make sure that going into training camp, he's at 100%, so he doesn't fall for you know 14 games of the regular season, three in the postseason again. He doesn't want to have to deal with that one more time. And I agree with that 100%. At one point, like I've said multiple times on Octopi, there were 12 players that were on the injured list at one single moment. One single moment in time, 12 players on the list. It might have been 13. Players like Franz and Advocator Helm are quickly looked over, but all three of those guys are incredible forwards. Another player, Drew Miller. I'm a great, I'm a massive fan of Drew Miller. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that he's gritty, strong, smart, and he's great with Glendening on the PK. I think that is a great matchup right there. And then having somebody like Henrik Zetterberg and Darren Helm on your second, or that could even be your first PK. There are a lot of options going around for the Red Wings right now. I am not saying that this team is going to be one of the best Red Wings teams you've ever seen because, quite frankly, Detroit Red Wings fans have been blessed over the past 23 years to have seen some of the players that have come through the Red Wings organization. Chris Chelios, Brett Hull, Nicholas Lidstrom, Steve Eiserman, and those are just a couple. Igor Larionov. Players don't even remember name or people don't even remember names like that. But those types of players are players that played for the Red Wings, and those types of players are still the types of players that the Red Wings produce. Pavel, Hank, Cronwall, Erickson, all those players are great trainers. Bringing in Alfredson was great veteran leadership for those youngsters. Resigning Cleary to a one-year deal, yeah, he's not that good of a player. He's probably going to be a healthy scratch, you know, eight out of ten times. But guess what? 
It's a player to fill holes and also veteran leadership to teach your youngsters, and that's what the Red Wings are about right now. It is not the same team that you saw in 2002, in 97, 98, all of those years. That the, that, it's not. It's just not the same team, guys. It's not the same team. It's a different organization with a different outlook, with different coaching staffs and different players. That is what it is. Mike Babcock is a phenomenal coach, and nobody should ever say anything different. He has won a championship on all levels, and I think that is exceptional. He has won two gold medals behind the bench of Canada, one of the best international teams at the Olympics for hockey. I think that the Red Wings are going to be fine going into 14-15. They need to stay away from the injuries. They need to make sure those youngsters are developing. And they, of course, are going to keep an eye on their defense. That is clearly an issue. We haven't even started talking about goaltending. Having a great goaltender in Jimmy Howard. Yes, people roll their eyes at, ugh, Jimmy Howard is not great. He's a good goaltender that, you know, makes incredible saves. That's what I see in Jimmy Howard is that he makes incredible saves at the right time. Jonas Gusebson backed him up incredibly last year, and the Red Wings just signed him to a one-year extension. He wanted two. That means that the Red Wings are at least going somewhere. And then a third goalie in Peter Mrazek, who was also extended in this offseason, he is also developing at a great rate, and for his size, plays incredibly well. And that's just what it is. I think that the Red Wings are going to be fine going into this next season. We looked at the depth, the depth chart in last week's episode. We talked about it all. And this question is still being asked to me. Yes, the Red Wings season doesn't start until September, and it's only July 27th. Actually, it's July 28th. Sorry, I messed that up. July 28th, 2014. And the Red Wings 2014-2015 season will be fine, I promise. But guys, I think that's uh, that's all that this question needs to to be answered with. I think that the team is going to be fine. The defense will, is a work in process. Pavel and Hank need to play more. If the team is injured, they will look very bleak, and it will be a difficult season. But I don't foresee, hopefully, fingers crossed, plus the toes, that that won't happen again. But Octopiers, that is all I have for you this week. Thank you again to all of these loyal fans out there that tune in each and every episode to the Impact website for Octopi Hockey Town. If you are interested in more Michigan State University athletics or Detroit sports, you can visit www.impact89fm.org sports and check out the MSU Impact Sports website. I will catch up with you guys next week. For everyone involved with Octopi Hockey Town, I am your host, Austin Goodman, saying have a wonderful end to July and a beautiful start to August.